0: Jesus we magnify you hallelujah Jesus hallelujah God we worship you we magnify you hallelujah before we sit down right now can you just give God a hand clap of praise hallelujah Jesus we worship you we magnify you Jesus God you're worthy of our highest praise God everything God we give you praise and glory God, you're worthy. Hallelujah. We magnify you, Jesus.
1: that he's got victory
0: If you want to be dismissed to Sunday school, Rochelle is going to take you to, and Marley is going to take you to Sunday school too. You take them to Sunday school, Marley. (laughs) I don't think you're going in by yourself. (laughs) Um, So the past few weeks we have been on this series of legendary leaders. And uh, one thing I have learned throughout my life is I am human. Is anyone else in here human with me? All right, good. I make mistakes and I make them daily. And I would venture to say that I'm in a room of people of mistake makers. (laughs) And uh, throughout my life I've made mistakes and I I've taught several or taught preached on several different leaders. We talked about David. We've talked about um, Joshua. Not Joshua. We talked about David. We've talked about Jonathan, and we've talked about um now I've James and John, thank you. <laughs> I don't remember who I talked about. <laughs> Mistakes. <laughs> huh? I did. Oh yeah, second service didn't get talked to. I said, if you wanted to be talked to, you have to go listen to the first service. Um, (laughs) But I did talk about James and John and they were filled with anger. Uh, God wants to use what is in you. Um, So I do have some of the stuff from last week in this message. So (laughs) um, we focused on a central scripture in this, but we talked about all of these different leaders in the Bible. And I feel like I would be, it would be, I would be failing you if I didn't talk about this one leader in the Bible, Jesus You see, like, he is like all, he's the best. Like, you can't, it's kind of like, and I talked about this in the first service, I was like, who's a Marvel? Is there a Marvel fan in here? Like, I'm a Marvel fan. Like, yeah, okay, we got some Marvel fans in here. Good. Like, okay, like, you can't talk about, like, for me, like, you can't talk about Marvel without talking about Captain America. Like, Captain America, I feel like, is central to the Marvel universe, okay? So, um, anyways. You get, into, you get into this and, and you can't take like a hero that you have, like Captain America is not equated to Jesus, but he's pretty cool, okay? Like even, even, <laughs> even Captain America said um, there's only one hero and, he, and he, died, he died for us all or something like that. Even Captain America quoted that Jesus is, he's, Jesus is the real hero. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I, I think about this and uh, I look at this, Jesus is the hero for the world, right? There is no hero that man can put together and there's no hero that in today's world society that we can dream up that would surpass Jesus. He is the answer. We got problems in our lives. Jesus is the answer. And I, I look at this. Jesus gives us the perfect example for how we should be leaders. I will never be a leader like Jesus. I will, I will mess it up every single time. But Jesus did an awesome job. So if you want an example of a leader, follow Jesus. So I will do my best to follow Jesus, but I'll make mistakes. You do your best to follow Jesus. You will also make mistakes. Chase Jesus. Do everything you can. Follow Jesus. Follow him. Follow his leading. And you're still going to make mistakes because we're human. Okay, so Matthew nine thirty-five through 38 says, oh, and check this out on the screen. (laughs) Um, We just, we worked on that and we got that working. So um, 935 through 38, if it works, great. If it doesn't, that's okay. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogue and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. Send out the laborers into his harvest. So I have read this scripture every single week in this series. Every single week, I've read the same passage of scriptures because I feel like this is critical When you're looking at, well, so what do I have to be as a leader? Well, one, you need to be in the harvest. You need to be in the field. If you're not in the field, one, you're not doing what Jesus said to do. Like he said, hey, the harvest is great. Get in the field. He said, pray that the laborers would get in the field because the harvest is so great. So if if you call yourself a Christian, one of the things Christians should do is one, pray for the the laborers, not for the harvest. The harvest's there. You just need to get into the field. So the next thing that you do, after you realize, oh, I'm a Christian, then you need to get into the field. Start doing something. As the body of Christ, we are to do something. Like, I feel like, I feel like you can go to a church and the first thing they want to do is like, hey, how how can I get you to give? Now, it is perfectly appropriate to give. But like, look, I don't want you to give begrudgingly. I want you to be a cheerful giver. I want you to give because, you're, because God led you to give. How much, how much should I give, Zach? Well, Jesus said to sell all and give it to the poor when the rich young ruler came to him and asked him how much to give. So I don't know, you figure out how much you need to give. You ask God. <laughs> so maybe you need to sell it all and give to the poor. What's your God? <laughs> That's why he said sell it all and give to the poor because that was his God. So maybe you need to look at, you need to go to, go to God and be like, hey, what's my God? What do I need to sell all and give to the poor? Okay? So it's not about the finances. It's not about that. It's about my heart. It's about the condition of my heart. God, what do I need? So we believe that we must be a spirit-led church. And then when we are absent of the spirit, we are dead spiritually. So how many of you, when you were younger, used to like make your hands go to sleep? Like they would get numb and tingly. Like, like, okay, like, and then in the first service, my grandma was like, all the time. And my grandma's like, they're always, they're always still asleep. They're always <laughs> asleep. But like, I remember like putting my arm over the chair, you know, like hanging there, like watching for my veins to pop out, you know, like I was like, you know, pump your arm, watch for the veins to pop out. And then for a while, like you'd watch your hand slowly close, you know, like, because it's, you know, the blood is just kind of like pooling in there, you know, it's, and it's cutting off the circulation. You're, you can't. And I like, I feel like I got some people looking at me like, <laughs> who is this crazy person up here? <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I am crazy. Look, <laughs> <Like>, okay, so <laughs> you do that. Like, for some reason, it like entertains. Like, you got, th- y- your hand goes numb, right? And you're like, oh, I can't feel my hand. Like, it's, it's numb, right? And for some reason, the sensation is like entertaining. Do y- you guys ever do that? Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, know me too. Like you sit on your hand for a while, like it goes numb, and you're like, ah, I can't feel my fingers. Yeah, they just fall asleep. So like for some reason, it like entertains. Well, you know what you're doing is you're cutting off the circulation. It's actually not good for you. You Can cause nerve damage doing that. So it's actually a bad thing to do. Um, so when I was in the military, um, I had a tourniquet, and you can wrap a tourniquet on your hand. I okay, so yes, you would put tourniquets on your. I don't know why we would do this, but we would put tourniquet. You know, sometimes. Just for a little bit, you know, just to try it out, you know, and then take it off because putting a tourniquet on is really dangerous. Um, But you put it on, you know, just for fun. But like anytime like the doctor comes in or the nurse comes in and puts the band around your arm, that's a tourniquet. Like they're stopping the blood to get your vein to pop up so they can stick a needle in your arm. Um, So anytime that you restrict the blood flow and the blood stops flowing, if you do it tight enough and long enough, eventually this arm will fall off. If you get a tourniquet and you put it on tight enough, after about two hours, you're gonna start to cause nerve damage. After a few more hours, like there's a chance that you could lose your arm. There's a chance that circulation could not be restored. Like there's a chance that if you, if you left the circulation for so long that they might just have to cut your hand off. Think about that for a second. So. What is the body of Christ supposed to be? So I believe that whenever we are the church, that we should have the spirit moving in us. That's like the blood flowing. That's, that's God moving in us. That, so I, when I was in the military also, I was a surgical tech when I started out. And I had the opportunity, this uh, lady, her name was Karen Chambers, um, and she was a lieutenant back when I was a little kid in choir. And she was... Not a choir director. She was in the military. She should not have been a choir director. (laughs) She was in the military, and she was a lieutenant at the time who got promoted to captain, and she should not have been a choir director. Mm -hmm. But I remember me and my sister fighting. I don't, this this had nothing to do with it. We were fighting, slapped her. I got sent upstairs. I was in trouble. Whatever. Um, Anyways, (laughs) I remember I got done with my training, and she came and had dinner with me, and she was a colonel by this time, and like i said she didn't need to be a choir director she was now a colonel you know like she she was hardcore military you know you don't make a colonel because you're you know a choir director you know <laughs> you are hardcore military hey you need to straighten it up like you need to stand there at attention while you're i remember standing at attention while i was singing in choir you don't do that at church okay like <laughs> you are serious in this choir okay <laughs> And um, so she, she came and she had dinner with me um, just after training and she was like, hey, I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm leading this, uh, I think it was in Panama or something. And, and she was a commander of this uh, medical facility. And she was like, hey, if you wanna come work there, she's like, I can, I can make it happen. And I was like, oh, that'd be awesome. But I had this girl in Texas that I really, you know, was in love head over heels over, not my wife. Um, you know, and so, uh, at the time, I thought I was head over heels over her, and so I was coming back up here, moved up here, and uh, was going to go back to Texas and never went back to texas and uh, so we never we never continued that relationship, you know, ended up not not being head over heels over her, apparently, her not being head over heels over me um, and so <laughs> Uh, She, So I ended up not going on that, but she was telling me stories about how people would come to the doctor and they would have them put a cast on a break. And because of language barrier and things like that, they thought that that was the fix. They thought the cast was the fix for the broken bone. So they didn't come back. And so because they didn't come back, eventually it got infected. So 10 years later, people would be coming back in and have to have amputations because they didn't have the care that they needed. And I began, I began to think about this as I was putting my message together. How can, like, people can come into the church just like that. They can come into the church and, 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 and people can think that they have everything they need and they can leave. And because the church didn't do the job that they're supposed to do, now they leave and they don't have what they need and, and, and they leave and 10 years later, Something bad is happening in their life because the church has failed them. The church is supposed to be moving in the spirit of God. The spirit of God is supposed to be flowing. And I believe that sometimes we can be deader than a doorknob. We're supposed to be the body of Christ. But if we're over here playing games and we've got uh, the circulation cut off, how can we be the body of Christ if the blood is not flowing? You can't be the body of Christ if the blood is not flowing. So what I'm saying is it's very important that as people come in, we are very sensitive to the needs of people, that we make sure that we help people. When Jesus, called the pe- when Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave, he did not just leave him there. He instructed the people to remove the grave clothes, to remove the covering over his face. That's the purpose of the church. You're like, but the church isn't perfect. It's full of hypocrites. Uh, yeah, good. I would hope so. That means we all need Jesus. If it was full of perfect people, you would be in the wrong place. We wouldn't need the church. I would hope it's full of hypocrites and sinners. That's what we want the church to be full of. (laughs) Not perfect people. (laughs) I hope it's full of sinners. (laughs) Um, And so we need Jesus. So the blood flows. This is going to be a spirit-filled church. So we cannot allow ourselves to be cut off. We have to make sure that we follow Jesus in everything that we do. So, this series has several guiding principles for getting laborers into the field and using biblical leaders as examples for us to follow. One, we must lead as those who came before us, meaning we're going to make mistakes because we are human, but we're going to make it right. When you make a mistake, go to the person. It says in the Bible that if you have something between a brother, go to that person and make it right. We're human, make it right. We're going to love like Jesus loved. When someone wrongs you, love them anyways. It's going to be hard, but you still love them. We're going to do our best to cause no harm. Yes, there are going to be days that I hurt people. Yes, there's going to be days that you hurt people. But you know what? The best thing that we can do is try our very best to cause no harm. And in doing that, yes, there will be days that we do. I try. You know, in counseling, that was one of the things they teach do no harm. But sometimes it happens. And unfortunately, you have to work towards not doing that. You have to do everything, be mindful of what you do. So, let's talk about Jesus. That's the guiding principles of this series. That's what we look for in being a leader. You're like, well, I don't really want to be a leader. That's okay. This is for you anyway. So, to talk about leaders, to talk about leaders of the legendary leaders of the Bible, and not talk take a Sunday to talk about Jesus, I would fail you. So, John one, one through five, let's start. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The darkness could not overcome it. That song we were singing, um, Waymaker, oh, light in the darkness. Mm, I love it. When you, uh, How does it go? Uh, that is who you are. Um, even when you, Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. I believe that with everything that's inside of me because there has been times when I don't feel it, I don't see it, I don't know it, but he's still working. And then all of a sudden, it just like slaps me upside the face. I'm like, oh, thank you, God. So in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word was God. The darkness has never overcome the light. You can try your best to be like Jesus as a leader. You can try your best to be like Jesus. But there's going to be days that the darkness overcomes you. That's just that just you can resist the devil and he will flee. Yes, but the darkness is going to overcome you some days. You can be the strongest Christian in the world. But you know what? I guarantee you that there's going to be days that darkness overcomes you. There's depression. There's things sickness. There's so many things that the darkness overcomes you. And it, it can be for a fleeting moment. And you're like, okay, you know what? I made it out of that. Good, good, good. You know what? Sometimes some of us are really susceptible to the darkness. Okay. And, and we fight and we struggle and we're tooth and nail. We're just, what, wh- who's that guy at the pool of Bethesda? Think about him for a moment. He was born with like what, um, he couldn't walk. And like, he didn't want to be by the pool of Bethesda. He probably wanted to be running around flying a kite but he, if he wanted to. But, but where was he? He was by the pool of Bethesda. And he needed someone to help him get in when the water was troubled. And I think about this guy by the pool of Bethesda. For years, he had to crawl around the pool of Bethesda. Could you imagine? Like, in your darkness, having to crawl around. What, like... Think about it for a moment just needing someone to help you like being stuck like not being able to like to get to where you needed to be i have been in that dark spot before that dark place where it felt like my legs were broken my arms were broken I couldn't see to get, I didn't know where I was up, where up was, where down was. And I was just trying. And no matter how loud I screamed for help, it didn't matter. No one could find me. No one could see me. It seemed like it didn't seem like God cared where I was. It didn't matter. But you know what is, and I could not figure out why I was stuck in this darkness that I was stuck in. I could resist the devil, but it seemed like he had control over everything. I would be stuck in these thoughts. Yes, there would be impure thoughts. Yes, there would be all these things in my life. And you're like, sin was closer, was a closer friend than God. Why is it like this? Why am I stuck here in this moment in my life? Why am I stuck here? And I just, I feel like this man at the pool of Bethesda. And and I'm stuck here and I just, I can't find anything. And sometimes I feel like this is what people are like when they come into the church. They don't even know they're in church. They don't know that they're in the presence of God. They can't feel anything and they're just crawling through. They don't know that they're here. And they're looking they're they're hoping that maybe someone will just reach out and help them up. Maybe someone will connect with them. Someone Will lead them to where they need to be. Someone will shine that light. I can't be Jesus. You can't be Jesus. None of us will ever lead like Jesus. But if I chase after Jesus. Maybe. Maybe I'll never shine like him. Maybe even though the darkness sometimes overcomes me. Maybe on my darkest days. But maybe if I will look around and I'll begin to see my brothers and sisters who are on the floor, they're trying to find their way and I can be that little bit of light. Maybe I can help them. Maybe I can be that little glimpse of hope. Sorry. Maybe I can be that little glimpse of hope in their eyes. Maybe they can see that little bit of glimpse of hope that God gave me. Maybe I can be that little glimpse of hope that is in my heart. Maybe I can lead someone to Jesus. If I can just reach one person. The darkness never overcame him. And in the darkest day of my life. I can still look to Jesus and he still shines brighter than the sun in my darkest day as a leader I can still look to Jesus and know that he's still shining bright so it doesn't matter in your darkness look to Jesus in your darkest times look to Jesus and as the church for God's sake look for those people that are crawling around looking for help be a light to them they need you there are people that are dying And they need you to reach them. There are people who walk through our doors every Sunday. That need you. They're calling. They they, they don't know Jesus. They need you. Because you're the only thing they can see. They need you to point them to Jesus. If you as a leader will always look to him and point people to him. You may not shine like him. But people will see his light through you. It may not be a full-on beam, but if they can just catch that glimpse of hope, if they can just see that little bit, they can chase that light and know the way out. John 1, 6-9, it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So this is, this is the fun part right here. So he didn't go and self-promote. Jesus, Jesus didn't have to go and self-promote. That was, that was one thing that's just so awesome here. So he, he didn't have to go. He, he, sent, he sent out John. So one went out before and gave witness. So let's look at this. One, a man sent from God. To promote the light. The light was Jesus, right? So in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. So God sent John to go let them know the light that the darkness had never overcome. God was on his way. So God sent John to let everyone know that God was on his way. I like that. I was like, hey, go, John. You're going to let everyone know I'm on my way. you go tell them the light is coming. <laughs> the darkness ain't ever overcome me. Well, <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> Even though they may not see it working, I'm on the way. Even though you haven't seen him working in your situation, he's on the way. Even though you didn't believe that he was working in your life, He's like, I'm on the way. You know, the beauty of this is Jesus didn't need self-promotion. Jesus didn't need... So here's the thing. When God calls you, he will validate you. He will verify and he will make a way for you. Don't worry about it. You're like, well, when God calls me, what, how do I know? What kind of weird stuff do I have to do? That's the beauty of it. Like, How many of you like think, like, oh, if, I, if I'm going to do something for God, I have to be weird? It's like, okay, just because I'm weird doesn't mean you have to be weird, okay? Like, I just want you guys full disclosure, okay? Just because that's just my personality, okay? I promise. Okay, that's just me. I'm just weird all the time, okay? Hey, don't talk about me. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough, I knew that. (laughs) So, here's the thing. You won't need to promote yourself. When God calls you, he will make a way for you. He will validate you. He'll make a way. So I, I, I started talking in the, a lot of times I feel like people, people like eat this stuff up. I feel like sometimes, you know, it, it talks about, I want to th- say, I want to say it's in Matthew and probably Mark. I think it's in all the gospels. How like that even the elect will be led astray. that many false prophets will rise and even the elect will be led astray. And, and I watch it, like, you get on YouTube for five minutes, search prophets, and there's these people who self-promote themselves as prophets, and they get on there, and, and they do this stuff that, like, just, like, turns my stomach. What I love is when you get into the Bible and you start reading what the apostles said, they get in there and they start quoting, like, the book of, like, the Old Testament, and people get riled up. People get mad at them. the Bible says that it's quicker and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, I believe that God is still speaking today, 100%. I still believe that he's still speaking today. But you know what? Sometimes too many people are like eating this stuff up. Like you get these people walking around and they're like doing this. I call it, uh, I call it voodoo church stuff. They get up there and they're doing stuff that is extra biblical. They're doing stuff that is not in the Bible that you don't see happening and taking place in the Bible. And it's just flat out wrong if it can't be backed up in the bible you should run away from it if it's not in the bible you got someone up there being all weird and like like i believe god moves and i believe god speaks and i believe when god has a word he will give us word but god does not need people to come and self-promote and get all voodoo and put on a show to give you a word God can give a word through his word that's already been written. He can give his word in the simplest, most beautifulest ways. It doesn't have to come in weird ways. What if it, Go ahead ask it. What if it? Does like come from the Bible and still fishy? ask. Ask. That's why God gives us. That's why there's the fivefold ministry. Good question. I like I mean like you get those some of when you wash or whatnot,
1: like even I have and like it feels fishy but then like you always say fact check. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have some of the stuff and you find it in there. Yep. You know, and right there and it always has it. Find it, it still feels in your gut and you're like it doesn't feel like it feel like something that I would hear you preaching about necessarily like like that, like,
0: that, like, a lot of times you get online and you lose context and a lot of times you get online and you lose the connection and and you know what here's the other thing too there's there's fact check and there's spirit check if it doesn't line up with the spirit yeah, okay. Okay. that's the other thing you can uh, someone can get up and they can say things and if it doesn't line up with the spirit okay. Okay. then also that's the other thing like you're like Okay, they said it. It's in the Bible, but boy, that just don't sit right. I've had people tell me things and it was nice and pure, but it was dead wrong. Like and I'm like, Cool. Like someone came up to me and they were praying for me and they were like, God is gonna give you a promotion and I was like I was like, Well yeah, that and also I can't even get a promotion in my job. I was like, I knew he was so far off base and he was trying to be in the spirit, but was not. He was so far off. And so that's the thing you have to check. Like if, okay, so that if a person is trying to do this, like check it. And if it's so far off, like you just the like, oh, yeah, never mind. Like, and it can be dead on. And if it is good, a blind squirrel can find a mouse. I mean, a, a nut. <laughs> so I'm just saying. <laughs> John, let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Very good question. Uh, John 2, 24 through 25. Here's the thing. Here's the point that I'm trying to make here with this is, Jesus, however, would not entrust himself to them since he knew them all. And because he did not need anyone to testify about man, for he himself knew what was in man. We, God knows you. So when he called you, he knew you. He knew, your, he knew your faults, he knew your failures, he knew your hurts, he knew your pains, and he loved you and said, that's what I want. He wants you the way that you are. He wants to use you just how you are. Will there be changes along the way? Absolutely, 100%. But he wants you just how you are. He loves you. So, <laughs> Sam, here you go. Ready? Okay, don't worry, it wasn't bad. So we all love to post the cartoon avatars right now. Everybody's got the app, everyone. I have the app, but I didn't post it, okay? But um, uh, I, I made one and it looked stupid, so I didn't post it, but my mom, the reason, why the reason why I'm in here talking about cartoon avatars is because my mom, it's her profile picture, doesn't look anything like her. She's got these big old eyeballs, and I'm like, mom, you're not a Disney character, come on. <laughs> and then filters on Facebook yesterday. Look, what you post on Facebook's fair game. And uh, as I'm developing sermons, y'all, if you post it on Facebook, there's a very good chance it might end up in a sermon. And if you tell me about it, there's a good chance it might end up in a sermon. Y'all, I kept it in my... Oh, Lord, I just remembered (laughs) and I didn't say anything. I'm going to keep my mouth shut for now. Okay, but anyways, I was just saying, you know, like, I, l- I noticed Sam loves filters, and I know Joe doesn't love sparkly, glittery filters. You know, what guy in here loves a sparkly glitter filter on their picture? Okay, the minority over here is Chris loves a good sparkly, glittery filter in his on his picture. I expect to see that on your profile picture this afternoon. <laughs> You know, every once in a while, I'll do something goofy on Facebook or whatever, and I'll post something on there, you know, some good eyelashes or whatever. But um, why do we, a lot of times we use them, and it's okay. Like, I'm not saying they're wrong. Like, I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying, we use those, right, to cover up things. We do. Like, I use filters to cover up different things. So, like, in some photography stuff, um, it looks bland if I don't pump, pump up the vibrancy and make it look prettier. So when I do my real estate photography, sometimes I pump up the vibrancy and the saturation a little bit to make the colors look more vibrant. So when you look at the pictures of the grass and stuff, the grass is greener. Because when you go to buy someone's house, you want the greener grass, right? Because grass is greener on the other side, right? No. (sighs) So we cover up things with filters. And a lot of times we try and cover up things God, we try and we try and cover up the blemishes. Well, well, God doesn't want this broken piece of my life. Like He He doesn't want this piece. And you know, He He doesn't want this previous relationship. And He He doesn't want this story of this addiction. And He, he doesn't want this story of of this. And He He doesn't want this story of this, you know, this, this mental health. And He doesn't want this story of this abuse. And He doesn't want the story of of this situation. He doesn't want this story of this family member. He doesn't want the story of this past marriage. He doesn't want the story of this past, this past boyfriend or this past girlfriend, or you know the story. You no, know, we all got our hangups. I can go around the room and we should start talking about stories. We'd be here for six years talking about our lives and the mess that we've made. God wanted all that he didn't intend for you to do it now we all made our mistakes and we made our beds and we have to sleep in them but when he called you he knew that it was there he knew that you were shy he knew that you were bold and he said i want that he knew that you couldn't teach and he knew that you could teach he knew that you couldn't get up in front of people and he knew that you could get up in front of people He knew that you would argue and say, no, I can't do this. And he knew that you said that you would go willingly. But before he called you, he knew you. When he called you, he knew you. And he knew what he was getting when he said, I want you to answer the call. You see, he was invested long ago when he called you.
1: When he hung
0: on a tree, he said, I'm doing it for the person right now, not for the person you'll be in 10 years, not for the person you'll be in six months, but for the person you are right now, for the person you were yesterday, I hang on the cross for you right now, not for what you will be, but for what you are right now, because I love you, because I care for you because I want you to reach the young people, because I want you to reach the elders, because I want you to love the children. God wanted to take everything, not so that you would cover it up, but so that he could use it. So stop trying to hide and cover up things. You don't need an avatar. God wants you to use what you are. You don't need a filter. To cover up your life. Your life is beautiful. Because what God made. What God has in your life. He wants to use. You don't have to feel inadequate. You don't have to feel that. You're not what God wants. You're not what you could never live up to. These expectations. You see right where you are right now. Is the love that he has for you. No greater love. Than the love. He has for you. Right now. As he hung on the cross, he was like, For you right now, for Detroit Lakes, for Becker County, for Minnesota, I love you. It was for right now, it's for a time such as this. Yeah, as you grow, things change. Will you want to change as you grow in him? Yes. That's how it happens. As you grow, things change. As you grow and you grow deeper in your relationship with him, there will be a desire. It's just an innate desire in you. that says, I've got to change. I've got to grow closer to him. God, what's the next step? God, what's the next thing in my life? And sometimes you're going to be like, yes. And sometimes you're going to be like, no, I don't want to change. Change is never easy. John 1, 10 through 13. I'm almost done. It says, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to him gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. This is not the warm, fuzzy stuff here. Your family may not like you for following God. Your friends may not like you for changing. They're like, why aren't you, why aren't you still partying with us? Why aren't you still doing the drugs that you were doing? Why aren't you, why aren't you living the life that you were living? Why do you think you have to change? Why can't God just love you the way you are? He does love you just the way that you are. But you are going to want to change because he loves you. And you love him. And there's changes that begin to take place. Those who you thought were your closest allies, allies may leave you. But, but I know a God who sticks closer than a brother. He's the closest friend at the mention of his name. He's there. Yes, it may seem he's as far off sometimes. But that's just because sometimes our desires and our wants begin to lead us aside. And every once in a while, we need to get our lives in line with his step again. And we've got to come to repentance but I know a God who will continue to work when we can't see it. I've seen families reunited. I've seen people's relationships restored. I know that God can do it. Well, it's not my will, but it's God's will that we all have to come to repentance. What you've tried to hide for so long cannot remain hidden from God. Don't cover it up from him. That just causes more hurt and pain. You've got to come to him and say, God, I give it to you. You got to take that ownership and say, God, I made some mistakes, but, but God, I need your help. When I come to repentance, a repentant heart is one that says, I'm sorry for my sins and turn around and say, I'm going to do my dead level best to not do it again. And when you make a mistake, you repent and say, God, I'm try my best to not do it again and actively try to not go back. It's time for a fresh start. It's time to remove some of the old things and give it to him. As a leader, you've got to get your hands dirty. Don't be afraid to get in and work. As a leader, never expect someone to do something that you won't do. And always expect them to do what you do in excess. So all of the negative that you do will always be reproduced. (laughs) All of the positive that you do will also be reproduced. And the last verse, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. This is what servant leadership looks like. No, I can't live up to it. No, you can't either but if you want an example to be a servant leader is to lay it all on the line, to get your hands dirty. The creator of our universe steps onto the earth, puts on a robe of flesh so that, they, so that he can have a deeper relationship with me. I'm not worthy of that kind of love, but he said what you have, I want. What you are, I want. Don't cover it up. You are a teacher. You are a preacher. When you were young, I was instilling it in you. When you were young, I believed in you. When you were a young person. I I was watching you grow. I believe in you then. I believe in you now. Stop telling yourself you can't do it. And start saying God wants it. And so if he wants it I can do it. Stop telling yourself that you can't live up to the expectations. God loves you. And he's called you. And he says that you can do it. You need to start believing what God has said. And begin to say yes. I am more than a conqueror. We are Christians. And if we believe. It, then we can tread on the enemy. We can believe and we can see that God can move in us and through us. We are a spirit-filled church and we believe that God can move in us, through us, and we can see a change in our community. We can see a change. We can see a revival be birthed in this church that will transform not just our city, but we can see it transform our community. Our We can see it transform our county. We can see it transform our state. You're like, boy, Zach, that that's really big talk I know but why can't we say that why can't we have a division that says that because it says in God's Word that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think that's how I want to see God move I don't want to put him in a box and say he can only do this little bit but I want to see him do the exceeding abundantly above all that I could ever ask or think he knows my nature he knows your nature Yeah, I'm shy. Yeah, I don't like to be in front of people. I'd rather be in my bed. I'd rather procrastinate everything. Oh, I love to procrastinate. I don't like to be organized. He knows I'd rather not confront and talk to people. Oh, it just drives me nuts anytime I have to talk to people like. Y'all don't even know. You're like, oh, he's fine. He gets up and preaches on Sunday. Y'all, this right here kills me. I'm so drained after service because this drives my anxiety through the roof. You're like, oh, he's fine. He's lying. No, I promise. But I believe that if I was to die tomorrow and I was to know that one life was led to Jesus, that one life was to see a glimpse of hope, That my life will have mattered. That if one life was changed. That my life mattered. And that's all that matters to me. Is to see lives changed. To see lives pointed to Jesus. To see grave clothes begin to be removed. And bondage be taken off. I hope that at some point throughout this series. Maybe the thought crossed your mind. How can I lead in some capacity? I can tell you this. He will not call you and leave you unequipped. He always equips you for the call. In all of those things where I feel inadequate in my weaknesses, he has always equipped me. He's always prepared the way. So how do I take the next step? If maybe that question has crossed your mind, how do I take the next step? Here's some things. I have a bunch of, well, I have a few things. Some simple steps that you can take if you wanna be a leader. You're like, how do I lead? Whether it's in this church, outside of this church, here's some key things. Leaders have to own their problems. You have to own the mess you've made in your life. Plain and simple. Like, so repentance, number one step of being a leader. Look, I've made some mistakes. My drug and alcohol addiction, I was a mess. I made some mistakes. I own it. I have repented. I refuse to go back to that lifestyle. Anytime I make a mistake, I go to repentance and I try to go to the person and say, I'm sorry. If you've never repented or you have made some things in your life and maybe you have felt yourself growing farther away from God, maybe it's time to repent. It says in Acts that we're to repent and be baptized in Jesus' name. Every one of you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is a promise for every single person to all those that are far off. So we all have to repent. For are to lead, everyone's got to repent. Maybe you need to be baptized. Like maybe some people are like throw darts at me when I say this, or even rebaptize. You're like, well, why do I need to be rebaptized? Here's the thing. Sometimes you just get caught up in the moment and it was a hype. And you're like, what do you mean? Baptism is baptism. Look, sometimes we get caught up in the moment and it wasn't a commitment in my heart. And it was more so doing it because everyone else was doing it. Or someone else was like, hey, you should do this and you did it to make someone else happy. If it was ever that, that was not between you and God and that was between you and someone else. It should be a decision you make between you and God. And also, we got a new baptismal tank, so. <laughs> um, and so I believe strongly in baptism in Jesus' name. I believe that Jesus said in Mark 16:16, 16, 16, while he was issuing the great commission that whosoever believeth and is baptized will be saved, but whosoever does not believe will be condemned. So why being rebaptized? Look, I don't want there to ever be a question in our minds. Like, I want to make sure that you, if God deals with you, it's not up to me. I mean, it's between you and God. So like, you're like, hey, I really feel like I need to do this. I'm like, okay, let's do it. It's not, that's not my decision. It's between you and God. If so you're like, I need to do it, then <laughs> you, you need to do it. Getting involved in a personal Bible study. I'll teach you a Bible study. Someone else will find somehow to teach you a Bible study. The first step in leading is discipleship. Jesus had disciples. And a good foundation is important. You're like, but I know the Bible from the front to the back. Good for you. Like, I don't. Okay, like, I am like, you're like, for, like I am like not real well versed in the Bible as much as I thought I was. And I have people ask me questions and I'm like, <laughs> Lord Jesus, <laughs> let's ask Google and let's study together. <laughs> Um, but I love discipleship, and I love to study god 's Word and in the past year and a half of starting this church, I have found the more that I study god 's Word and the more that we teach, the more I learn and grow so but you don 't have to just do discipleship; you can serve and study god 's Word at the same time as the disciples studied at the feet of Jesus, He sent them out to preach the gospel so It is my deepest desire to see every single person fulfilled in ministry and their relationship with God. One thing I wanted to share with you, in the last six months of this year in 2021, we've had over 153 people, I believe somewhere in there, walk through our doors on Sundays. That's amazing, that's a lot of people. 753. 70 some are active in the church. Come pretty regularly. Um, there's, I want to say around 30 or so that are family members and are, that we're in contact with and ki- and they're kind of, You know, on the edge, kind of active, and there's about six that we just don't have contact information or have um, uh, maybe they've, you know, kind of just dropped off or whatever. That is crazy. That's nuts. 150 people. There was a time when... Me and Rochelle had no problem, you know, calling people every week, going and hanging out and everything. But there is absolutely no way that you can follow up effectively, grow effectively, love effectively, teach Bible studies effectively, and see God move effectively with just a couple people doing it. There are so many things in this church for people to be involved and to lead and to see God move. And I just want to challenge you that if God has been dealing with you at all throughout this series, that you would take a few moments right now just to spend time in prayer and just ask God to touch you to ask God, this might pop, I hope not, that wasn't too bad, just to ask God to touch you, to ask God to lead you, and if you need to repent, if you need to take a step, what the next step is, let's talk. I want to help you take that next step. Discipleship is so important. God, I pray that you would move in this place right now, God. God, that you would touch us today. God, that you would speak. God, that you would lead us. In Jesus' name, God, I pray that you would lead us. You thought I was um, one if you need prayer today, I challenge you to come up the front. You came
1: and my this is not just a place mind. for messed up people
0: and people that have got it all together. It's for everyone. So you clean me up oh, God, I pray that you would minister you to us I right now. God, that you anoint me with God. it's your spirit
1: would begin to you as a life. You worship you, God, God, a magnificent. So I'm